Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. Joining me this evening, as always, we've got Trey Barrett. Trey, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Ryan. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. And Will Greenwood is joining us. How are you, Will? I am great. <laughs> Good. Will, you, you have something you want to talk about, I think, to lead up the show. You, you heard of this hot new uh, uh, band or this artist, huh? What, well, what? and I think it's going to affect my attitude tonight after hearing 80 stings. By the one and only Cole Beasley, his dynasty stock is skyrocketing because he's not only just a player on the field, he is now, uh, a, a, he's going to have a budding rapping career. So if, if I, you know, if, if I drop too many rhymes or really great lyrics in the episode, it's not my fault. You can blame it on Cole Beasley. I'm a little bit worried about his stock because now he's going to be so focused on his music career that he's not going to be focused on football. I mean, Sha- Shaq had one. Iverson, these are all Hall of Famers. So basically, I think Kobe had a minor one. I mean, they're all basketball players, and their rap was terrible. But Cole Beasley set in the new market. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys think of Wild Card Weekend? We're going to talk about it a little bit later, get to our picks. But any, any quick thoughts before we get into our moments and letdowns? No, actually, my moments and letdowns are kind of circle – right around the wild. So I'm going to, I'll hold my comments until we uh, share. I hope, right. I hope that, I hope that the Jaguars get blown out this week and then sign a new quarterback. <laughs> well, let's that out there just for the Jaguars sake. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure there are a lot of uh, Jacksonville fans that, that agree with that sentiment. Uh, but let's get right to it then. Let's get into our uh, fantasy those moments of the week. And this week we're naming our moments after um, the, I'm calling it the Mariota TD pass to Mariota moment of the week. So, Trey, what's your Mariota to Mariota moment of the week? Mariota to Mariota. Well, it's kind of ironic that, you know, Mariota's name is in that title twice um, because I, you know, two different games this weekend that really uh, captivated me for different reasons, and both of them kind of uh, followed the same uh, – script where one team jumped out to a big lead and was just kind of dominating and um, then kind of out of nowhere the team that was losing that just didn't look like they had much life in the first half came came roaring back in the second half to win and in Alabama's instance actually took it to overtime and I'm referring to the national championship game which you know pitted Georgia and Alabama if you're listening to this podcast you didn't watch that game you probably need to pause the podcast, stop what you're doing, and go watch it. There's a lot of NFL talent. Pause the podcast, go and rewatch that broadcast. Oh. This is Will trying out for Cole Beasley, 81 stings. Uh, so anyway, that was a great game. And it was, you know, there was a lot of NFL, future NFL talent um, that I think, you know, dynasty owners could, could take some great things away, um, like Michelle greater than Chubb. Um, and then the other game I'm referring to is the Kansas City-Tennessee game, which I was pretty blown away. I mean, I almost turned the game off because Kansas City was just steamrolling, as I think um, Ryan and I 
expected them to do. And then yeah. um, they lost Kelsey. And I think that that, I think Kelsey is such an integral part of that offense when there's not the threat of Kelsey across the middle. Um, anyway, we know the script. Tennessee came back to the Derrick Henry show in the second half. And um, they came back to beat the pretty, pretty big upset. If you ask me, because I thought Tennessee was the worst team to make. I mean, the they lost Kelsey. Then the Kansas city offense offense was like, help me. <laughs> uh, I'll be, I'll be on that, folks. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> All right, I'll toss it to Will. What do you What do you got, Will? I think I just stole Ryan's. I just stole Ryan's line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, besides, taking over uh, my mad rap lyrics that are, are going to come out. The one was that uh, I was the only one of us that picked the Titans to get it correct. But I think the real thing of the of the week was we did a little fantasy Joe's mock draft, and I just love the participation and the comments. I was a little behind on the comments until later on because I had to be in a uh, work trip in Vegas. So I was, I was a little bit preoccupied and just trying to make the picks in time so other people could pick. But uh, at the end of the day, it was just, it's just super fun to kind of get together and have a bunch of, have a bunch of us do, do a mock draft for fun and get really involved in it and, and have people comment on other people's picks and give your explanations. I don't know. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, everybody's participating in that mock draft and kind of what it's brought about. It's, I don't know. It's really fun for me. It was a blast, the mock draft, and we're going to talk about it here in just a minute. Um, I have to say, this is going to be obvious to, to anyone that's listening to the show. Again, they're probably going to guess this. My Mariota to Mariota moment of the week is um, Matt Nagy, new coach, head coach of the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears finally hit one out of the park. I'm so excited about this hire. Uh, I don't think they could have done a better job. So I'm totally excited about um, the Bears. I think it's going to be a couple of years, but you know, if you could get Mitchell Drabisky now, get him. If you could get Tree Cohen now, get him. Jordan Howard, I think he's definitely a hold. Maybe not a buy. Maybe you should go out and buy him. So I'm really excited about the Chicago Bears. Um, onward and upward, the future is bright. On the other hand, uh, let's get into our letdowns of the week. And I didn't really have any um, clear moments for, for letdown of the week. I almost called, thought about calling it the Georgia Bulldogs letdown of the week, but I thought that was a little bit cruel to the Georgia fans out there. But it's kind of a letdown. You've got that lead and it, you just can't do anything offensively in the second half against uh, the Alabama defense. So why not? Let's go with the Georgia Bulldogs uh, letdown of the week. I don't, I don't have any, there are too many, I know a couple of Georgia Bulldog fans, but I don't think they listen to the podcast. So I think we're okay. Trey, I know that's tough for you, right? As a Florida Gator. Cause you, you love the Bulldogs, right? Second favorite SEC team. I'm sure. I was uh, very distraught during the first half of the game. Actually, that's not true. I was actually pretty, pretty excited for uh the bulldogs and um anyway it was a it was a great game i enjoyed it um so my georgia bulldogs choke job letdown of the week is uh the bills jags game i mean like now i love a defensive football game when you're watching two quality defenses play like the first half of the georgia alabama game i enjoyed thoroughly because you saw a lot of really good defensive players just making plays. But the Bills-Jags game, I mean, the the, the quarterback play in that game. And, and uh, I mean, like, who's the best wide receiver in that game? Like someone that would be maybe fourth string for the majority of the other playoff teams? I mean, I just – it was just a rough game. I know that, you know, Fournette was probably the biggest as far as star power in that game, and he struggled. Um, I, I didn't even end up watching the majority of the second half because I just was so, you know, with, with just the, the excitement, there's only two games on Saturday, two games Sunday. And 
So it's like that game came on and at halftime, it's, you're just kind of like, oh man, this is, this is not what I expect from playoff football. I, I could agree with that. Uh, fortunately, the game after it was pretty good. It, it helped make up for it. I think overall, pretty good wildcard weekend. But yeah, that game, ooh, awful. Will, what about you? What's your uh, Georgia Bulldog letdown? Well, I, I, I won't talk too much about the, the national championship game just because it was a great finish, boring game. Uh, I think my overall thing is this past week is, is trying to get some trade talks going, and it's just been brutal to me. <laughs> so, so overall, I think my only letdown is that I haven't been able to uh, uh, engage in some better trade talks. I think it's partially because of my schedule, but that's about the only thing I'm down about. It's not, it's not too bad. Yeah, you know, I was trying to think of a letdown this week, and I, I don't have an obvious one. Um, I guess if I want to nitpick on anything, uh, the Scott Fish playoff league, I, I didn't have a great start. I mean, it wasn't totally awful, but it wasn't very good because I had guys like Fournette, um, uh, for example. And I had Kelsey who went out early, so if he'd stayed in the game longer, I think I would have had a much better day. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't have too many letdowns, so – I, let's get into one of our, our, our highlights, Marietta Marietta highlights we can all agree on. And that's the Fantasy Joes Dynasty Startup Superflex Mock Draft. Are you guys ready to talk about it? Oh, I've been waiting for this all week. Fantasy Joes Dynasty Superflex Startup Mock Draft. But before you get too far into it, the one thing I wanted to say before doing this is uh, – because I pulled up my fantasy league site, my MFL, and looked at the dynasty drafts I did last year. And before you do any drafts this year, go ahead and take a look at your previous year's dynasty draft if you're in more than one league and learn from what happened last year. Uh, I traded down last year. I took Allen Robinson early second and then took Andrew Hopkins after him uh, in, in that draft. And I was trying to trade back up to grab Amari Cooper of all people. And, uh, so just to go back and think about your mindset as you went through that draft and how it can affect your current draft and your choices that you make. And I think that was a really great learning experience for me was to go back and, and see a, a different, you know, it's basically one year removed to see your, how much recency bias plays into it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, that's a great call. We, so we, we wanted to do this, this mock draft and, and Trey is going to talk about um, the, the scoring settings format, that type of thing in a second we were going to use a tool like fantasy pros has this mock draft tool you can do for dynasty. And we thought, well, that's no fun. Let's just reach out to some, some league mates to some listeners. So the three of us and nine of them, let's just do a mock together. We did it and we've had a great deal of fun so far. Right, Trey. So do you want to talk about the, what this league would look like? Um, you know, what's the, what are the starting requirements, scoring, that type of thing? Yeah, and it's basically the scoring format that we use for all our hot takes throughout the season. And I think it's probably for us the scoring format the majority of our dynasty leagues are set up as. And that is a effectively a half PPR league and uh, standard scoring for quarterbacks, a four-point passing touchdown. And um, your standard scoring as far as yardage and receiving and rushing touchdowns. Um, the starting lineups were one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one super flex, and two standard flex for a total of nine starters. We set it as, at uh, the roster size for 20. I don't know that we make it through 20 rounds um, of the mock draft because, I, you know, I think once you hit fifth, rounds 15, 16, it kind of starts to slow. And then also, just for the purposes of our discussion, the entire 2018 rookie class is not being taken into consideration 
Now, what we are going to do is I anticipate we'll probably repeat this. My thought is that, you know, it's January. I figure we could repeat this um, as soon as the actual NFL draft happens. So this will be kind of our first offseason draft. We'll probably do another one in uh, May. I mean, we might do one sooner, but um, that'll be the big change, though, injecting the 2018 rookies in. But for the purposes of this draft, it's only uh, NFL veterans that were included. And it's a 12-team. I don't know if I mentioned that. 12-team. And we did a snake draft. One of the maybe unique things about this, unlike a, a few other uh, of the early um, startup mock drafts for 2018, you, you might have heard another podcast, is, is the Superflex uh, component to it. And I think that definitely impacted the way people drafted. And, and it's interesting when you add that element, how people's philosophy change and where guys fall, that type of thing. So um, I, I think what, what we'd agreed to do is to read through the picks of each round and then kind of comment on you know, our team, what, what, what player we picked if we want to, or p- just comment on some, some observations we see, some, some value picks of those rounds. So I'm, I'm going to read the, um, the first round quickly. So the 101, I, I had the 101. I took Todd Gurley. The 102 was DeAndre Hopkins. The 103, Odell Beckham. 104, Le'Veon Bell. 105, Ezekiel Elliott. And the 106, David Johnson. Actually, I think I'll just stop. Should I stop with the top six and we'll talk about those because that's too many names. <laughs> so your yeah, top six. Controversial right after that. So yeah, Gurley, Hopkins, Hopkins, Beckham, Bell, Elliott, and Johnson. Your top six guys. Anything that stands out with those top six? Uh, a lot of running backs there. Um, any observations? Any any great picks? Bad picks? Kind of what we expected. What do you think? I think it's kind of what you expect. I think that the majority of the group that we're drafting with is pretty familiar with this format. And half PPR tends to kind of favor the running backs a little, you know, PPR, full PPR tends to push a little bit more toward the wide receivers. So it does not surprise me that we ended up having four out of the top six be running backs. For me, you could take the six of these guys and shuffle them up and mix them around. I mean, I I really kind of love the, I think the top three are their own tier and the next three. So for me, Gurley Hopkins and um, Beckham are the three, that I think are all very reasonable at the 101. And then I think that the other three running backs, you know, Zeke, Bell, and DJ, um, whichever one of those you prefer, are kind of in that next little tier. And and then the second half of the first round is a little bit of a, a teardrop for me. Yeah, I, I like that observation. I, I tend to agree. With that 101 pick, I picked Gurley. And I have to admit that might be recency bias because I, I really wanted to pick DeAndre Hopkins and I had him in as my pick and then I changed him and I changed it back. And I'm like, this is just a mock draft. I mean, just take Gurley for heaven's sakes. Um, uh, but yeah, those those top three guys, I would have been happy with any of them. Will, what, what did you, you agree with uh, with the assessment here? You, any other thoughts? Yeah, I think it was really, I think it's a great assessment. I, I kind of, I, and, I don't know, I've talked about this on previous episodes. I might be just have a DeAndre Hopkins like mental block in, in my head. I think he totally belongs up here in these top few picks. He just has had that season where he was nothing. And so to me, I, I guess I'm just shocked that I, in my mind, I would take Odell Beckham over DeAndre Hopkins every day of the week. So if you look at uh, Beckham's first four years and what he's done, how many touchdowns and yards and what he's doing, they have recency bias. I mean, I, I would love to be in a startup draft where I could grab him at the 103. I think that'd be just such a steal. I think he's with his age, he'll mature, he'll get better. I mean, of course, you know, you never know for for sure, but man, you're, you're talking about 
this is this this <laughs> basically the next coming of uh, Antonio Brown, but younger. So I'm still a big OBJ fan. And, and, you know, I can't, yeah, I can't disagree with that. The only thing I think probably the recency bias is definitely evident. There's no, I mean, there's no question that this time last year, if you'd suggested taking Todd Gurley over David Johnson, you would have been looked at like you're ridiculous because David Johnson's numbers last year were were historic. Um, But I do think that one of the things that's boosting D hop, not just the rebound this year, but now that it appears that he's playing with a quarterback, that that looks to be extremely promising so I think but I I don't disagree I think I think getting I mean if if I were third in a startup uh dynasty league and Beckham fell to me I'd be ecstatic you guys know how much I love running backs and wanted to take one but it just is uh I I feel like when you're doing like I feel like he's just a safe pick this is the first year he's been significantly hurt not for a long time it was a pretty freak injury with what actually happened uh yeah but it was good. It was a good start. It's good to see the running backs making making their way back up. And they continue to do so the next six picks. So at the 107, Alvin Kamara. Uh, the 108, Kareem Hunt. 109, Antonio Brown. The 110, Aaron Rodgers. Remember, this is a super flex. The 111, uh, Fournette. And then the 112, you got Russell Wilson. Um, so uh, 7 through 12, um, Kamara. Hunt, Brown, Rogers, Fournette, and Wilson. This is where it gets really interesting because this is a superflex league. Um, you know, you you still got some rookies that are that are ranked high there. Um, any any thoughts that stand out? I, I I guess one thought of mine is I kind of thought that maybe you would have seen Aaron Rodgers go a little bit higher um, than maybe he would have gone before. Uh, but but maybe it has to do with the scoring format. You know, the the four points per touchdown. I don't know that 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 kind of stood out. Um, I think Fournette, for me, is still a little high here, but uh, what do you guys think? Who, who wants to go first? Will, you want to go first with these picks? Sure. I, I think that this, these next picks, and the guys that we're doing this draft with, uh, I, I trust that they, you know, they've done research and that these are like uh, intelligent picks, and I, I can't like argue them too hard the other way. I am very shocked that Antonio Brown fell so far at the 109. You'd be throwing like a dance party <laughs> at the, getting Antonio Brown at the 109, or even getting – Aaron Rodgers after that, and then Russell Wilson at the 112 and having the turn to be able to pick another player and a super flex. So it's the, the, the Camara 107. It's a reach to me because it is one season of hyper-productive stats, and everybody talks about, like, I feel like the, the term in all fantasy is regression, and I don't think it's necessarily I – mean, I mean, obviously, for him to put up the same stats is, would be ridiculous, it's, but it, it's already happened once, so why, why couldn't it happen again? And he's on that team. It's assuming Drew Brees comes back and how the, the Saints offense works out. I just feel like taking a running back there that has had one season, you know, of pretty high uh, of production, it's just a little bit more risky than like reach, like if taking the 107, taking Antonio Brown, that's probably what I would have done in, in this instance. So I'm surprised Brown fell. Hunt with his up and down and then his future with Spencer Ware coming back. You don't know if he's going to take any carries away. And honestly, what's going to happen with that offense and, and Andrew Reid, and, and can you trust it for the long term? So I don't disagree. Like, I don't hate any of the picks by any means. I just think some people got some values. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, and we were picking in this range too. I mean, I, I, it's these guys that we're drafting with. We, we all respect their lead mates. They're, they're intelligent. They do their research. I mean, we're, and we're really being nitpicky. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any glaring like, you know, I say I think Fournette's a little high, but that's just my own personal opinion. I don't think it's like a, a huge reach for Fournette there or anything like that. So, Trey, what, what about you? Any other, other thoughts? I mean, I agree. Brown at 109, man. I know, I know he's older, but he's so good. I mean, that's a great pick. Yeah, for me, <clears throat> I actually circled three picks. The two best picks of the draft for the first round for me were Antonio Brown and Aaron Rodgers, who went back-to-back. I thought Antonio Brown would have very easily for me been the 107, if that's the position I were in. I probably would have considered him. I took Bell at four, and I have some concerns about Elliott. There's a lot of change happening in Arizona. So I probably would have, if I were on the board at fifth, would have probably taken Antonio Brown. And then, honestly, for me, at pick four, it came down to Aaron Rodgers or Le'Veon Bell. So I was considering taking, to me, in Superflex, this scoring format, Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable commodity on the trade market. And I don't. it's crazy that it doesn't go first overall because – if you if you're in a super flex league and you are trying to trade for a quarterback, if you're not sending a quarterback in return, it's like very very difficult to get one. So, I thought that Rodgers at ten and Brown at nine were both great picks. And then I'm with you, Ryan. I thought Fournette. You guys know I I don't dislike the talent. I dislike the fact that he continues to struggle with these lower extremity injuries and he continues to have issues. Um, he's he's got the breakaway speed. He's breaking these long runs and they, they appeared to really give him a, a pretty great workload throughout this season. And, and they play really good defense in Jacksonville. Um, but I'm just not sold that Leonard Fournette is, is quite in the top 12. So moving on. Uh, so on, on the turn. Um, so fat frenzy who picked at 112. I think that's uh, that's Sean McCormick, right guys. Uh, hey Sean, how you doing? Um, he he did the two QBs, so he took Russell Wilson with the one twelve, and then he took Carson Wentz with the two hundred one. Um, after that, the two hundred two, Keenan Allen. Then you had Mike Evans at two hundred three, Michael Thomas two hundred four, Julio Jones two hundred five. We got a little bit of run on wide receivers, and then the two hundred six, Devonta Freeman. So the top of the second round, guys, you've got Wentz, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Devonta Freeman. You know, in terms of what I think, I, you know, I, I really like Carson Wentz here. And I don't know if I'm trying to decide guys of a buying into the hype about Carson Wentz or if, if this is just like we've seen it for one year, but he looks so good and he seems like he has all the intangibles. I'm sure he's going to regress. But I don't know. I like Carson Wentz. I, I, I don't know. If, I might even like him more than Russell Wilson. The same owner got both of them. So I, I like that pick. And I think these wide receivers are all great here. I, I mean, I don't know. This is a nice place to draft. I think maybe if you're at the end of the first to get a couple of these players is a, is a nice place to be. I also think this is why Superflex should be more prevalent. It adds such a great new layer to, to Dynasty and even redraft when you're talking about it. This is having quarterbacks be more valuable like this. Like what kind of, what kind of world would you be living in if this is a one quarterback league where these guys are going in the first round and you have to make these kind of decisions. So this is – uh, I think a great example of what makes Superflex great because you have to have so much more thought into your picks and what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. It just makes the draft so much fun. And one thing we haven't talked about yet, um, and I'll just mention it here, Trey, before you, you give your thoughts, 
in some Superflex leagues, you might have seen a ridiculous QB run. So maybe you would have seen the next several QBs come off the board, Deshaun Watson and, um, you know, Brady or, or whoever you might have after that. And then some of these wide receivers would have slipped because you sometimes see that in Superflex leagues. But in this league, hasn't happened yet. There's been a few, the, you know, the real elite outstanding dynasty QBs have been taken, um, but there's still plenty of QBs left. No, no reason to, to freak out. Trey. Yeah. I have to say, I do like that strategy. Um, the, the 12th um, pick taking two cornerbacks at that turn. Um, however, I am going to kind of be on the opposite end of the spectrum for you guys. I believe Carson Wentz is getting way overhyped. Um, this off season, the end of this season, I think that his efficiency, if you look at it, is um, on level with an Alvin Kamara type efficiency. I mean, his his touchdown efficiency numbers this year um, surpassed any season that Aaron Rodgers has ever had. And we're going to dive into this a little more in the off season. I know for a fact because he's one of my big dynasty cells right now, especially in super flex leagues. And this is the reason because he in this league was valued as the 13th most valuable player. If you can trade him for some of the quarterbacks that we're going to look at in the third, fourth, and fifth round and add in another player in that same, you know, um, in that same range, I, I would be all aboard that. So I didn't, I didn't love the Carson Wentz pick for that reason. Um, but, but the other picks here in the, in the top six, um, the pick that I like the most is in the last six of the round. So I'll save that. Well, I, I think the counter to that Trey, and I, th- I think you're right. And I, and I, you know, t- totally agree. He's going to regress. I mean, he, he was extremely efficient. Uh, you're right. He was more efficient than Aaron Rodgers' best season. I think you just said it. And I think I've heard the same thing, but I think you have to look, you're t- looking long-term. I, I, I mean, I don't have Carson Wentz's aides age in front of me, but he's going to be a valuable dynasty quarterback for a long, long time. And, and he may not. James Winston. Yeah. So I, I just think that I think it's yes, I think he's not going to be as good in 2018. But I think in terms of a dynasty aspect asset as a quarterback, you know, I think he's among the elite or potentially could be, but you could be right. We'll see. I mean, it's a small sample size, right? Um, it, it, so it will be telling to see what happens in 2018 and, and then 2019 too. So we'll, we'll see it, 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 He's interesting. That's for sure. Um, will other thoughts about these picks? Well, and, and the thing about Wentz is I just don't feel like it's a big mistake. It might be a little reach for Wentz, and you, and you are basing it on recency bias with a lot of uh, uh, his efficiency being through the roof. And I get that that might, that might go down. But when you're talking about the career people, having those two quarterbacks, those guys could win you weeks very easily. And that's kind of the idea of why you have those guys at your base. Yeah. My, my, I feel like the biggest win in this round is the 203 and Mike Evans. I think he had a down year and still put up a thousand yards and their Tampa Bay offense looked horrible all year. And I know that it, it definitely affects him, but he was going as like the one, 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 two, one, three last year. Even they put in that uh, top three pick just last offseason. I feel like you're really missing out on the Mike Evans. Like you, right. right everybody's believing the Tampa offense is can't get any worse than this year. And so I think him going to the two or three, that's a steal. Yeah, that's great value. No, no question. No question. Um, let's, let's move on. Uh, the end of the second round, um, at the 207, you have Christian McCaffrey. The 208, Deshaun Watson. The 209, Devontae Adams. The 210, A.J. Green. 211, Joe Mixon. And then the 212, Dalvin Cook. So, starting with the 207, you've got McCaffrey, Deshaun Watson, Devontae Adams, A.J. Green, 
Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook. Um, I, I'm just going to say, um, I, so I, I have the 212 here, and I and I took Gurley, and I, I was thrilled that Dalvin Cook was available for the 212. So uh, maybe I've got a bias here because because I, I picked him, but I I love um, Dalvin Cook with, at the 212. I, I also like Devonte Adams. Trey, you picked him up at the 209 because. Yeah, I mean, now that he's locked into Green Bay for at least a couple of years um, with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, I mean, he's just – what's not to like about him at this point, right? Um, and Deshaun Watson's also intriguing. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be a polarizing guy. Either you're going to think that you'd be excited about him there or, you're, or you're, you still have doubt. And I'm still trying to figure out where I value Deshaun Watson too. So uh, other observations – I think that you hit the nail right on the head. I, um, <clears throat> for the purposes of this exercise, I made up in my mind that I was not going to pick my own selection as my favorite pick in the round. Um, and, and you're a better man than I, Trey. What can I say? <laughs> but no, but I will say Devonta Adams came into play here for me, and and he's not a guy that I've I've historically believed in, but I did feel like you know at the twenty first pick. I mean, and, and the notes that I wrote. I mean. He's the number one wide receiver for the best quarterback in the game. And so I, I, and I think that he's going to be there for some time. So I love, you know, last year, the concern was that it was all based on touchdowns. And I think this year he's kind of proven that he can continue to deliver. But for me, same as you, Ryan, and, and I do have some concerns because I do think that injuries could be a concern for this guy um, year after year. He struggled with them in college. Um, but I do think that for the talent, um, getting Dalvin Cook at the end of the second round here at 212 was a really, really nice pick. I, I really love that talent. And, um, you know, I, I think that that was a, a great pickup. To start out, a uh, half PPR draft. I mean, you don't have any quarterbacks, but, you know, we'll, we'll get, get we'll, there. We'll get there. Get a, down get the road. But, <laughs> but, you know, to be able to grab Gurley and, and Cook, I mean, the, those guys put up week-winning numbers. So I, li- I like that start for you. So, Will, what, what are your thoughts on the on these end of the second round? Well, so I, I think to start off is like Christian McCaffrey going before these guys too is an interesting concept because he had a, a really good year and kind of an under-the-radar good year in all honesty. And so at the 207, I think it's a great value to get him. I mean, you can kind of have your pick right there, you know? Like you could, you could go with Joe Mixon, you could go with Christian McCaffrey, you could go with Dalvin Cook. And I think if I even – even with uh, some now, especially more recent Vikings bias, I think it's still take calf over Cook just in the long term in Dynasty is what you're talking about. Because uh, McCaffrey seems like he's going to be that kind of that kind of like multi-tool type of player for years to come. Uh, I really like the, the Devontae Adams pick. I think he's been super underrated in the Dynasty community. My question, though, and what comes about it is, one, are you worried about concussions with him? And I know they were all, they're both horrific hits as, as far as like they were dirty um and two the fact is that he is he has been touchdown dependent so he's gone 12 and 10 touchdowns the last two years so i i don't i, I waffle on Devonte adams because i he's you know signed a longer term contract he has aaron Rodgers, but there's that's not a promise that aaron you know just like uh uh oh shoot for, for the other green bay wide receiver uh randall cobb uh randall cobb signed a longer term contract and then he fell off a cliff too there's no promise that Devonta Adams isn't going to do that. And again, it's, it's a very, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just, I think it's a good talking point as far as 
those were two pretty bad concussions. If he gets, what happens when he gets the third or fourth? You know, what happens if he has a similar season? You know, he, his career could be over, and that would be terrible for him. That just suck. But uh, he has been a touchdown, not yard dependent receiver. And I don't know. That, that's just kind of the downside. I went with AJ Green this round. I just felt like that he is that top tier talent that was still kind of lingering. Not that there's a lot of talk about it. I think what, no, go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just going to say one thing that I think people, the other thing with that's impressive with Adams, the season he had was he did a lot of that with Brent, Brent Hundley um, at quarterback. So I think that that stands out too, that, um, you know, and, and just think when, you know, when Rogers comes back potentially, but those are good points. Well, I, I, I think that's, it's fair. And probably we're getting into a range where all of these guys have questions like Joe Mixon, man, Joe Mixon's a good pick at two eleven, but at the same time, there's some, some risk there because we think he's, he's going to really blow up and be outstanding or a lot of us do, but eh, maybe not uh, Trey. What were you, what I, what, I interrupted you. What were you going to, what were you going to say? No, I, I was just going to say that I feel like for me, and, and this is just a you know PSA to our listeners, you know, th- this is the part of the draft where when I was on the clock at 209, um, I mean, I liked so many guys on the board. This is where I would have been feverishly trying to trade down. Um, I would have loved to have trade down to the middle of the third round and pick up an extra fifth or sixth round pick. Um, because uh, at this point, like, you know, I, we're going to talk about the third round next. Um, almost any of the guys that went in the top six of the third round, I would have been completely content with um, right next to Devonte Adams. Like I'm not a huge Devonte Adams believer, but so, you know, I, I just feel like that this is a section of there. There's a, a few spots where when you are on the clock and you see that there's about 10 guys you like fairly equal, um, do whatever you can to trade down. Even if you only pick up like an extra seventh round pick, to trade down six or eight spots. I mean, you know, that seventh round pick could end up turning. It's a, that's a dart throw. It was Adam Thielen last year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I just, <clears throat> I'm a huge proponent, as you guys know, of trading down. Um, unless there's just a guy who drops that's a glaring uh, value on the board. If, if there's multiple guys I like very similarly, I usually will try to trade down. What's your guys' opinion about waiting on the clock to try to trade down? How long do you wait in a long draft? Let's say you have – uh, an eight to 12 hour draft window in a dynasty slow draft. What's your guys' opinion of, of kind of holding out for trade offers until the end? Well, my philosophy is I'll, I'll I don't like to hold out, but I'll, but I'll, I'll say I'm, uh, you know, I want to trade back. Are there, are, is there any interest? If you're in a slow draft too, you got to realize that some guys are, you know, they're doing something with their family or they're at work or whatever. So not everyone is paying attention at, at that juncture. So I, th- I so I think it's okay to um to wait a little bit and then if you wait at a re- let's say it's 12 hours maybe if you've waited six hours and it's not overnight then you say okay guys i'm gonna give another hour um you know i really want to trade back and then you know once you set a time out there and it expires then then you got to make your pick and that's the way i handle it i think it's okay to wait a little while but yeah just to milk it down to the last five minutes and pick and eh, i don't like that so much <laughs> it's so tempting though to, to try to use some gamesmanship during the draft and I don't think it's great etiquette at, at all, but you're also talking dynasty and you're talking the way the draft goes, especially with trading down. And, and I've never waited until the last five minutes before a pick, uh, but I, I think it's an interesting conversation topic. Like if people aren't paying attention to somebody you want to trade down and you just like, okay, there's no offers. Now you, now you make your pick. 
it should just be a better conversation between the draft. Those are the kind of dynasty leagues you want to be in. Yeah, and I think one of the struggles this early in the draft is people are still so rabidly engaged, like even if they're at work. It makes it super – from someone who literally tries to trade down almost every time I'm on the clock in the first three rounds of a draft, um, I can tell you that people get real rowdy when you're the eighth pick and you want to trade down because the first seven picks take about 30 minutes, um, maybe an hour. And so, like, you've got the guys that are picking behind you that are – whatever they're doing, they're watching this draft. They know that they're up soon. And so for you to sit there for a couple hours waiting on offers – so um, that's why I usually like to um, throw out in the group message before the draft even starts um, that I would that that you know I'm almost always interested in trading down if people see someone. Um, I mean, there's been times I've had negotiations kind of started the before I was even on the clock to trade down, and you know they said, well, as long as my guy's still there, I, I, you know we can. So I think sometimes you can you know start some of those negotiations in advance. Um, but I, it's hard when you have a group of degenerates like uh, we often draft with that are uh, rare <laughs> to go and uh, you're, you're bogging things down, you know, so. Be- before we move on, I got to say that AJ Green pick with the 210. <laughs> Phenomenal. No, it was, no, it was a good pick. I mean, AJ Green getting him at the 210. Nice. People forget before he got hurt, not this past season, but the season before that he was the number one wide receiver in fantasy. So, I mean, he, I think they, I think he uh, – I just saw a video today someone put together of all of the deep shots where Andy Dalton just missed him by, like, just a yard, and it was ridiculous. Like, it just kept going. I'm like, holy cow, this is all this year? Yeah. And, and Andy Dalton is going to bounce back, um, I think. I like that. Yeah. Bounce back to the, to the C-plus student. The whole offense is going to bounce back. I, yeah, I think it's going to bounce back. Uh, so let, let's let's move on for, for the sake of time. Um so, so at the top of the third round, so this is me on the turn. So I've got two running backs. I ended up taking Amari Cooper and I thought about a lot of different players to take here. And I just thought with QBs, I wasn't getting the value. I knew there was going to be a QB run, uh, spoiler alert. Um, but, I, but it, Amari Cooper 301. Then we got Jimmy G with the 302. Um, Gronk finally goes off the board with the 303. Cam Newton, the 304. Jared Goff, 305. And then Andrew Luck, 306. So heavy on quarterbacks. So the, the quarterback run has started to, you know, kick in here. We've got Amari Cooper. We've got Jimmy Garoppolo. We've got Rob Gronkowski, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, and Andrew Luck. And, and to me, the thing that kind of stands out in, in this conversation, I mean, we can get into Coop, Amari Cooper if you guys want, but just the, the quarterbacks have started to go and then where they, they went. I, I mean, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's, he's interesting, right? Because I do think he has a lot of intangibles and could be this top 10 quarterback but man he you know it's still there's a there's some mystery there a guy like cam newton that's that's put up huge numbers um you know i you take jimmy g in in front of cam i know cam is inconsistent and then you know a guy like goff who is um you know in this um you know emerging offense and and andrew luck at 306 right that could be the pick of the draft because he could come back and be this top two or three dynasty asset or or not he could be the worst pick of the draft he could be he could be the top quarterback asset really easily yeah so I, I just thought this was really a really interesting part of the draft when you're starting to get into qbs and how how guys value qbs i mean i i see the rationale for all of those picks and where they were taken it's just interesting to me especially jimmy garoppolo 
Trey, Trey you want to talk about that? Cause you took Cam Newton, which I think was a good pick at the three Oh four. Um, uh, um, in, oh, and one thing, but well, let's talk about that. And then I'll get, get into Gronk and talk about Gronk where, cause Will, you took Gronk, <laughs> which I like, I like that pick. Well, it, it just, it changed the rest of my draft strategy too. After being at this point, after taking green and then Gronk, but it, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So, so Trey, um, you know, Jimmy G went off the board and then Cam Newton, you know, you, you said in the notes, guy doesn't get the respect he deserves. Seven years in the league, five top four finishes at the position, including number two this past year. And he's only 28. Not to say your thunder, but um, yeah, those Cam Newton, Jimmy G. Yeah. So I, I like Jimmy G. Don't get me wrong, but a guy that's not even played a full season that's getting selected before, like you just said, I mean, the numbers, if you go back and look at the finishes that Cam Newton has had in his career as an NFL quarterback, it is hard to argue against him being a top four or top five dynasty quarterback. And I know that there's some concern that as he ages, that the rushing numbers are going to come down, but uh, people tend to forget he has a cannon for an arm. And if you look at, since he's been at Carolina, I mean, what's the best wide receiver that he's had? To, now, I'll give you he's had Greg Olson, okay, and that, that's a solid passing weapon. But the, the, the weapons he's had in the passing game, they're beginning to surround him. I love Curtis Samuel moving forward as a dynasty buy, and I think that they're finally the last half of the year started to utilize Christian McCaffrey better in the passing game primarily. And the weapon that he is when he's in the backfield and matched up against a linebacker on a passing route. So I just I, – I think that the future is incredibly bright for Cam Newton, and I'm not banking on potential. I'm banking on a guy that's produced at a high level. I'll be completely honest. I had him selected in the second round because I didn't want to wait until the beginning of the third for a quarterback. Had him selected and was actually typing up how much I love the guy. And then I thought, you know what? I could probably get a quarterback in you know the next round. So when he fell to me in the third, I was ecstatic. Um, and I knew because that, that, that was pick number 28, and I didn't pick again until 45. So there were going to be 17 or 16 picks there before I picked again. And so I felt like and, – and truly, if you look where I picked next, you know, the, the quarterback tier was down a little. So I was ecstatic to get Cam there. I think that he is a, um, a lock – uh, top five dynasty quarterback for me. I, I love him. And he's, I mean, he plays in North Carolina where I live now. So it's like, a, <laughs> it's like a win-win. Well, it's the, it's the idea of you want to start the run, right? You you don't want to be a part of the run. You don't want to be at the end of the run. You want to start the run. And I think that was, that made a great pick. And it really did start a big time run. I mean, Grappolo might've actually technically started it, but uh, that, that, yeah, that's right. We want to be, and Newton's rushing attempts, so I looked it up quickly, too, uh, while, while we were chatting about this. His rushing stats, like, so he had 139 attempts. So he had a career high in rushing attempts this year, which is pretty big. And so you, he's going to have some good rushing attempts next year. You got to assume he's going to still get some, some rushing touchdowns. He's just, he's just such a stud. Uh, there's just – even if you get three good years out of him, and after 31 he just can't do it anymore, that's fine. That's a win. Yeah, for sure. So, Will, let's talk about the, your Gronkowski pick. Um, uh, it's the number 27 overall. I was wondering where Gronk was going to go, and I, I thought about it a little bit with that. That, that 301, and we just we talked about this, so I won't, I won't belabor the point, but trading down with that 301 where I took Amari Cooper, 
in a real draft, I would have tried my hardest to trade down uh, with that pick because I just didn't like the value I was getting there. And I, it, it was a really tough pick for me. And Amari Cooper, I'm happy with the pick, I guess. But, but Gronk did come to mind if I wasn't going to take a QB. So, so Gronk, man, because um, uh, he is a difference maker. But do we still feel like he is still the, you know, the, the number one, uh, you know, tied in clearly overall? Travis Kelsey in a lot of scoring formats was the number one uh, tied in this year. Of course, Gronk missed the game from the suspension, or that might have uh, changed that. Um, so what was your thinking about getting, getting Gronk here? Well, so I, it really changed my mindset with the Asia Green pick in the last round, actually. Is, is what led to the Gronk pick is Adrian's an older receiver. You, you bank on three years, hopefully. And I feel like you can bank on Gronk for three more years, maybe three more years. So this was kind of a transition because I feel like Odell Beckham is a win anytime pick early in the draft. Then going AJ Green, which is an older receiver again. So steering towards more uh, an older, older talent. And then so Gronk to me that he's here at the 303. I mean, you just, you gotta love Gronk when you play, have to play the tight end position. And I, I, you know, he might, he might get hurt. He might sit out. Maybe I can trade him to another team for another asset, but this is, I felt him falling to here. I was, I was pretty stoked about it. Yeah. Well, I really like, I thought the Gronk pick was, you know, I, this is a guy who was uh, into the first beginning of the second round pick two off seasons ago. And then last off season, you know, I was looking over uh, a couple of drafts that I startups I did last off season and um, he was going in like the beginning or middle of the third round. So I, I think that this is a good spot for Gronk. I do think that, you know, he's going to – you can you can probably only count on him for 12 games a year, but I think that 10 or 11 out of those 12 games, he could win you a week. He will be a positional advantage unless your opponent has a, a tight end that just goes off or a Kelsey or nerd. So I, I think that he continues to be a positional advantage that is worth a pick in this round of the – or in this range of the draft. So let's look on uh, to the end of the third. So with the 307, we've got Derek Carr. 308, uh, we got Brendan Cooks. 309, Dak Bres- Prescott. Ooh, I think I say his name. The 310, Terry Hill. <laughs> the 311, Matthew Stafford. And then the 312, Allen Robinson. So you've got Carr, Cooks, Prescott, Hill, Stafford, and Robinson. Um, so what do you guys think? I'm just trying to think of of uh you know i I think of of all of these guys here the guy i would want the most i mean maybe if you know if you need a qb you take one of these qbs i don't have any issues with any of these guys so much but um tyreek hill here i I think i i don't know i i really like tyreek hill and what's going to happen i think mahomes is going to be good and i can't wait to see uh mahomes throwing to tyreek hill next year so i I like that pick a lot at, at the at the 310 yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I won't say a whole lot more than that. I think that he definitely is a uh, wide receiver one in Dynasty, so I love it. Love that pick. That was my that was my favorite pick of this round. And this is where you're going to get the most variance of drafts with how people are valuing players. So I mean, we'll, we'll get into the next uh, six picks as well. But, like, Jack, Jack Prescott, what was he, like a, a round two, maybe round one, uh, super flex startup? coming into this year and what he was doing. So he had a down year. You don't think the Cowboys are going to bounce back next year. And if you don't think there's a change to the ground to make Dak Prescott more successful. Uh, so I think that's a steal to get him at the 309 compared to like, I would take Prescott, I think still over Derek Carr and probably Andrew Luck uh, who were who earlier picks. And so I thought that was a great value. Hill is like, 
you talk, you, so you say three ten. I feel like it's a little early for who he is, but I also can't. I don't. I, I also don't. But I applaud the pick. If, if you love him, it's great. Great spot to take him. Yeah, I strongly okay. thought about him with that three hundred one pick. I, I like Terry Kill that much, but I thought, man, Cooper's probably a better value to get there. And and you know, I think with John Gruden coming to town, I think his you know stock is looking up. <laughs> even even if he doesn't really rebound his value, and I thought about that too. I'm, I'm sure you guys did as well. Like building a team, but also value, like. Um, you know, what, what could I get if I traded these guys? And I, and I like what, um, so big ballers is Jason Silva's team. Um, Jason's a, a, a guy I really respect as a dynasty owner. He's a really good dynasty owner. And he said, based on the rate QBs are going, I felt like I better grab a couple of high potential young guys in these next two picks. I think Dak has a great stable long-term uh, situation. So Dak could be one of those picks that could turn out to be one of those, you know, great values of the draft too. He's, he's interesting. So what is he? I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, what is he? Is he the guy we saw the first part of the year and in 2017, or is he more like the guy we saw towards the latter part of the year? I think the most interesting pick in this round was Allen Robinson going at 312. He was a first-round dynasty startup last year, maybe late, late first round, and the year before that, early first round. And so you talk about recency bias. So Blake Bortles had a bad year throwing to Allen Robinson a year ago, and this year tears his ACL week one. Uh, so I, I feel like him falling that far – and the way, if he, he, assuming, you know, good, good recovery and coming back into health, I think that's a steal at 312 for Allen Robinson. And you don't know where he's going to sign. There's a lot of speculation. And you, you can hop on that all day. But the, he, him as a player has proven himself to be a stud. And so to get him at 312, is, it's a win. Yeah, for sure. And you can say the thing about Cooks. I mean, Cooks is one of those guys that you love, you love Cooks or you don't. And he's frustrating because he's so hit or miss. But, you know, maybe next year with the Patriots, um, you know, he, he could be interesting there too. So I think the 308, depending if you like him or not, either you, either you love that pick or you hate that pick. So I think it's interesting. Um, okay, so let's, let's try to, uh, you know, pick up the pace here. We're getting into the fourth round. Um, that frenzy who took uh, Alan Robinson turned around and took Melvin Gordon with uh, the 401. Uh, the uh, 402 was Matt Ryan, the 403, Josh Gordon, the 404, Jameis Winston, the 405, Jordan Howard. And finally, at the 406, we got Juju coming off the board. So that would be the starting off the fourth round. We've got Gordon, Matt Ryan. Uh, so Melvin Gordon, Matt Ryan, Josh Gordon, Jameis Winston, Jordan Howard, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I do, th- I do think it's fun that for people who are listening, uh, Ryan just went full one and a half pace. You didn't even just set it on your on your recording. We were leading into the round. We got a, we got a lot like of draft to talk about, guys. Okay, so one and a half pace. Here we go. What do you guys think of these picks? We got we got all these guys. They're, 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 they're all football players. I was just really love them. I tell you what, you just mentioned Jason Silva, and I think that he and I'm going to just recap his team real quick. But here in the fourth round at 404, he took Jameis Winston, which. We don't have to rehash my love for him and the reasons that I love him, the potential, the age. So um, Jason Silva picking from the nine spot has started off this draft. Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston. I mean, youth except for Brown. But, I mean, two uh, high-end wide receivers and two what I feel like are extreme. Like Will mentioned it, last offseason, those first two picks would have potentially been Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston in a super flex league. So, I mean, I think that the, both of those quarterbacks, I mean, he said it, 
his his note on the you know 309 was I better grab a couple high potential young guys and he crushed that by grabbing Prescott and Winston so I'd love the the Winston pick here and I think that's why I look back at your previous drafts gives you some good perspective on how dynasty works and how what you're doing you know if, if you can go and you see how the rounds went it's it's a, one it's just a fun exercise to see what happened and two it, it's beneficial I mean, D-Hop was going mid-second round last year. Staying with this, um, with this part of the draft, um, Matt Ryan at the 402, um, a, a little bit ahead of Jameis Winston at the 404. Uh, so, guys, who do we think is um, going to have a better, better year? Um, or, or who's a better dynasty asset, rather? I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think Jameis Winston's a better dynasty asset for sure. I'm in, I'm in for 2018 for James Winston to outperform Matt Ryan, even though James Winston had a bad year. I think the key for me as far as dynasty asset, I mean, you said it. I mean, James Winston's eight years younger than Matt Ryan. So, I mean, there's a huge advantage for James Winston. And um, I like Matt Ryan, but I think that his value was so overblown by – like his production last year was just so crazy – he set career highs in passing yards. And, um, uh, I mean, I think he beat his – I think he's only had two seasons over 30 touchdowns and last year threw for 38 and only had seven interceptions, which was career low. I mean, he just all over the board last year. Um, so, I think that this is probably a relatively decent spot for him in a super flex draft. Um, I think that last year this time, I would – I mean, I bet he was a, a middle-of-the-second-round guy. Uh, oh, for sure. Last year, this time, and was yeah. being way, way overdrafted. You know that Kyle Shanahan effect, um, and I think you're seeing some of that trickle over. I think what Matt Ryan did last year is what's driving Jimmy Garoppolo's value um, this year. So, anyway, I don't, I don't dislike Matt Ryan, um, but I, you know, taking him over Jameis Winston for me is a um, is a big mistake. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with that. Um, and, and one of the things that we were talking about offline is I think that I don't think that Matt Ryan is what he sh- was showing us this year. I, and I don't think he's the 2016 Matt Ryan either. I think he's more kind of somewhere in between, you know. I mean, if he threw 38 touchdown passes in 2016 and 20 touchdown passes in 2017, I think he settles into like mid to high 20s in terms of TD passes. Interceptions should go down. That's, that's my opinion. Um, but I, I don't know that we all share that opinion. I mean, would there ever be a year where Julio catches more than, what, six touchdown passes? Well, that's, you have that's, to expect I it, guess, right? I, at some point, like, I feel like that's what the whole, the, the whole community has been speculating for years, is that Julio's going to go on this, like, touchdown streak. Yeah, and, that's not happening. Yeah, it's, yeah, for whatever reason, it doesn't. And you know, what was that um, during that, the broadcast the other night? And I think it was uh, Collinsworth that said it. They, they did an interview with him, and, and, and he was claiming – in that interview that, Oh, you know, they're double, triple covering me. And I just don't have the opportunities in the red zone. So I, so I tell you know, Matt, if other guys are open, throw it to those other guys. I don't know how much I buy that or not. He's not even in the game. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys like on red zone this year, watching the Falcons yeah. in the red zone by the goal line. He's not even in the game. Yeah. So that's what's, that's what's mind boggling to me. It's like, at least split him out wide. So Freeman can sneak through a hole a little bit easier. It just shocks. It shocks me how much he's being wasted. He's six four and runs like a four two something. No, it's like a four three three. But he's so fast and tall and can jump out of the building. It it, it, I, I, it almost makes me sad when I think about Julio Jones and how much he's been wasted with that team. But anyway, 
We're talking about Matt Ryan. Well, we can, we can move on from Matt Ryan. I think we've, you know, that's plenty of Matt Ryan talk. Um, but I think all these picks are really interesting. I think, you know, like uh, Melvin Gordon uh, at the 401, guys. What do you think of that? Melvin Gordon's another one of those guys that you either seem to like him or hate him. But I think here in the draft of the 401, it's hard not to like that value. It's a great pick. Loved it. I mean, if he, if he slips to your 401, you should take him. Um, what, what about Josh Gordon? The other Gordon that was taken two picks later. 403, number 39. What do you guys think of this? I think I would take the quarterback. I'm sorry, the the wide receiver taken right after Josh Gordon over Josh Gordon because he's a <laughs> much, much better Twitter, Twitter follow. Um, so I, I'd rather have Juju. I mean, <laughs> I think Josh Gordon is uh, a Brown. I think that's all we need to say about that. Uh, but Josh Gordon is going to be Brown for life. He's got one year left because of the amount of games he's been able to play because of the suspension. I think I would take – if I were, if I had a dynasty team and I had Juju and someone's like, hey, I'll give you Josh Gordon for Juju, I'd take that right now all day. I don't see Juju yeah. ever putting up the numbers that Josh Gordon is capable of. I don't see that I ever see Josh Gordon putting up the numbers that Josh Gordon is capable of. Oh, he sold me. He sold me on his, his, his uh, little YouTube video documentary. And I, it may, may, may make me a sappy person, but oh, he's, he's so well, he's so well-spoken and he seemed to understand what he, where he was in life. And I just, I just kind of, I, I would rather have him to have the hype on my team, I guess is where I come from. So, guys, quick question for you. Not, not so much who you would take, but who do you think could fetch you more if you owned them when you were trying to, trying to trade them? Do you think that um, Juju is more valuable? You could, if you wanted to trade him, you could get more for him? Or, or Josh Gordon? Because of, you know, it, I think that's an interesting question. Because both of these guys, you can make the argument, are, are guys you'd want to sell if you own them. Because uh, Josh Gordon is, you know, is, will we ever you know, see him really put it together and, and, and be this consistent you know, dominant force and, and Juju, is he going to emerge as this, you know, is he going to be the, you know, this pretty good fantasy asset, but not this elite wide receiver. I don't know. What do you guys think of like, like who do you think is more valuable right now as a dynasty asset? Uh, I want there it to be known that Trey is looking through a stack of papers to try to find out his decision in the background here. So we have some, some stats going on there. I was looking but for Juju's age. Actually, I would feel, I think Juju is 21. He is 21. Uh, I think that Juju would just depends to who, just depends to who, who's who's gonna who's gonna do it. Is somebody is you gonna, gonna follow that Josh Gordon hype train, or are you gonna be sensible and go with Juju Smith future? Yeah, I think both of these guys are guys that the hype really built this year. Both of them skyrocketed in value. I don't know that I buy into the narrative that Juju is never gonna be able to become a top tier asset. Um, I do believe that Antonio Brown still has a few years left, but even if he has four incredible years left, I mean, in four years, Juju is going to be 25 and he will have logged five years in the NFL. I mean, you know, isn't Cooper cup already 25 and he's just a rookie like the, you know, the, the guys who, I mean, like Corey Davis, for instance, is already 23 finishing his rookie year. So I just think that, you know, Juju's only 21 years old. The The amount of time you have, Josh Gordon could 
come out and put up a wide receiver one season. Um, so I think that Juju has more value, has more value to me. Um, but I think we'll hit the nail on the head. It just depends on the owner. There are, there are going to be owners that are in into the hype with one of these guys and maybe not the other. Yeah, that's, yeah, true. I, that's true. I have, I, have, I have Josh Gordon in one league, and I'm holding on to him because I've held on to him for so long. It's just such a sunk cost for me. But uh, Juju, it's, for, for, what it's, for what it's worth, do you trust that the Steelers are going to bring in the next level quarterback after, after Roethlisberger? You don't think they're going to go through a downtime uh, like before they had this offense and what they were doing? You have to think, like, he's, he's very young. Is he very young on an offense that is at its peak and, and can only go down? Or do you think it has – I feel like the Steelers' offense has one more year of peak before I'm out. Good, good question. I, I mean, well, <laughs> that's the fun thing about, about dynasty. You, you, you never know, right? You never know what, what will happen with situations, just like the Rams, you know, who could have imagined this time last year that the Rams offense would turn into this um, offense where you want to own a lot of pieces, you know, or be associated with those pieces. So it's so much fun. It is. Uh, um, we would spend a lot of time here, but um, uh, you know, Jordan Howard is an interesting pick. I think he's a guy now with, uh, with Nagy in Chicago that, um, you know, like I said, I think <laughs> um, anything else we want to say about, about these guys or should we move on and, and uh, wrap up this fourth round and wrap up our discussion uh, of the first four rounds of this uh, mock draft. No, I think it's great. I, I'm, I'm loving talking about these guys. So yeah, there, so there's a, a wide receiver that was taken in this next group that I would have picked above both uh, Juju and Josh Gordon. Um, he was taking the 411. I'll get to him in a second. But at the 407, you've got Kirk Cousins. 408, Travis Kelsey. The 409, Marcus Mariota. The 410, Tom Brady. The 411, my guy, Jarvis Landry. And the uh, 412, <laughs> Derek Henry. So the, you've got Kirk Cousins, Travis Kelsey, Marcus Mariota, Tom Brady, Jarvis Landry, or and Derrick Henry. Uh, I'll just start off the discussion with Jarvis Landry. I, I just, I, I just think he's, um, you know, really, really interesting. Um, he's just a guy that's just proven it time and time again. He can uh, put up these great numbers, and we saw a guy that found the end zone this year. So I really like Jarvis Landry. We've talked about him in past shows, uh, but I think he's great. Number forty-seven uh, pick overall, so so that I think that was uh, uh, Mike Mathis that made that pick. So nice pick, Mike. Um, yeah, how, dis- how disappointed were you that you were at the four twelve right there? Oh um, man, I was disappointed. But you know, <laughs> it's a steal. I mean, such a steal the four eleven. Anyway, yeah. it is a steal, and I and I, I I need you know I needed the wide receiver, and, and I didn't take wide receivers. I'll I'll go ahead and talk about the the five hundred one just for a second because it ties in. I took Zach Ertz, um, forty nine overall, and I took Derrick Henry. I didn't need a running back necessarily, but I just felt looking at the running backs, I just thought it was oh man, he's a guy that that really stands out to me running backs drop off after this in my opinion and i just think he's a guy that you know if, if i was starting a team i could pick and then after the draft i could flip him because i think you know especially after the playoff performance i think his value is just going up 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 so that's why i like picking him there i know there are some guys that really like derrick henry so i thought he's got some value i'm curious ryan because you took landry here and again Oh, no, you didn't take Landry, but no, you really I, liked the pick and would have. Yeah. And, and, and I considered him at the 409 where I took Mariota. Um, do you think – and we could talk about this more because he's kind of in the fifth round, but I, I'm wondering if the recency bias has gotten too bad um, on T.Y. Hilton. 
Uh, I mean, you know, the guy, yeah. he just led the NFL in receiving yards the year before last. Um, and now here he is going after Jarvis Landry, who didn't even have a thousand yards <laughs> receiving this year. And I know he's caught a lot of balls in the NFL, but it looks like he may be headed for a team change this year. So is, is Jarvis Landry a better dynasty asset than T.Y. Hilton right now? 24 years old versus 28 years old. What, what are you guys – what's you guys take on those two? Uh, first of all, kudos to the same person picked them both up at the, at the 411 and the 503 – or 502. I've, I've got a, a specific thought about this to answer your question, Trey. Um, yeah, those were definitely good picks, getting those, those wide receivers. But I think the thing with T.Y. Hilton, and one of the reasons I, I didn't really want to consider them, is just that, that Andrew Luck question. I mean, because, yeah, he could be an absolute steal here. Um, but, man, I worry about – um, but Andrew Luck coming back. And then that's why Andrew Luck went after Jimmy Garoppolo in this draft, right? You just don't know what you're going to get. And you have to have concerns about Andrew Luck if you own him because of, you know, he, he, he kind of refuses to get surgery. And if you, if you, you know, do some research and there are guys on Twitter and, you know, uh, fantasy writers that are doctors that write about this, you know, they think that they, a lot of opinions say that, that there should be some exploratory surgery to clean that up, to do a scope. I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about this medical stuff, but I don't think it's been handled correctly. So I, I do have some real serious concerns about, um, you know, his career long-term and, and yes, T.Y. Hilton is, is good, but he's 28. And if he has, um, you know, who knows throwing to him, um, uh, you know, next year and beyond. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it, it is one of those picks that it could be great. And I guess at this point in the draft, you want to pick guys that you feel could really, um, you know, high upside guys like Hilton, but I think that's why. So yeah. for me, Landry, absolutely with the age and consistency for sure. I definitely want him over T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. yeah I, think it, I also think it depends on your team construction. So Hilton has, according to Spotrack.com, uh, he has a $13 million cap hit next year and a $4 million dead money out. And then the next year is a $15 million cap hit and a $2 million dead money out. So if, if Andrew Luck doesn't come back, I don't, do you see the Colts keeping him after two years? I get that he'll be 30 the next year. And so if you're building a long-term, like so you, you want young on a lot of other positions, you don't think you're going to build for this year. Now you're getting some picks. You're trying to do all these things. You trade it down. Uh, He's he's an asset. I mean, he's 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 a stud. He's a, he's a top ten wide receiver when it comes to actually being a wide receiver in the NFL. And I think getting him here was, was a steal uh, uh, just after. But anyway, as far as speculation goes, it could be a little fun to speculate that the Colts cut to Elton. Yeah, yeah, it's po- it's certainly possible. <laughs> yeah, because that's a, yeah, you're right. Those are big numbers, and even though what if he goes to the Niners. I think it's not going to happen for <laughs> no. two years if they cut him. I think that $4 million that, that dead money hit. I, I don't know. I guess, it's, I guess it's possible. We're talking about the Colts and who knows. Uh, other uh, training, any thoughts about Hilton or anyone else that was taken here? Um, these last, uh, you know, you know, Cousins, Kelsey, Mariota, Brady Landry. Uh, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I was, you know, Mariota is another guy, and I, I mentioned it here. Like, he's still an elite quarterback for me. I know he had a really – really rough season um, and, and kind of struggled, but he's, he's still a guy. I think in my quarterback rankings, I have him ninth. Um, so I still view him as a solid QB one. Um, you know, he's 24 years old. So in a super flex league to be able to snag him at the end of the fourth round, I was, I was pretty happy about that. I rarely take two quarterbacks 
um, in, in my first four picks, but it's just, it was kind of hard to pass on that value at that point. He's a guy that I feel like would have been a decent pick in the third round. Um, and, you know, also I want to mention because he was kind of, you talk about wanting to stop and start a run, you know, um, Will, you actually ended the run of quarterbacks here, Tom Brady at pick 46. <laughs> and, and I was oh, looking from, from pick 26 to 46, which is 21 picks, there were 12 quarterbacks came off the board. So over half of those picks from basically the – I mean, basically the third and fourth round out of those 24 picks, 12 of them were quarterbacks. So huge if, if you waited from the third round to the fifth round to get a quarterback, the, the tier of quarterback that was left was a, a pretty big drop-off. Yeah. I also think uh, – and I was picking – so I was picking right after you trade. I, I ended up taking Tom Brady with the win-now mentality for next year. But that I was so stoked to take Mariota right there. I had it all lined up. I had it, like, raring to go. And then you took him, and my heart just dropped. Because I feel like 409, again, Mariota was, what, second, maybe late first round Superflex startup pick last year. His value could potentially be at an all-time low right now. So I love that Mariota pick, and it actually made me a little angry (laughs) as far as, as like, as mad as I'm going to get about mock draft. Uh, that I wasn't able to pick him. It looked super smart. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I agree. Great pick. Yeah, I remember I took Mariota um, when League of Ballers, um, you know, started up as kind of like this this keeper league in, in a sense. A couple of years ago, I, I took him in the end of the second round. I remember that clearly. So get him here is is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, there at the fourth held, like, oh, Mariota slipped to me. I'd be thrilled, and um, he didn't, and, that, and that's fine. And and and, and I look forward in a future episode talking about what happened with my QB situation. Cause if you've been listening, you know, five picks in, I don't have a quarterback yet. And it, I think it still worked out. Okay. For me. Um, I, I, and I, I'm a guy, I'm a big proponent in the super flex. I like to take QBs like, you know, usually uh, two QBs in, in the first three rounds, but personally, that's the way I like to do it. So I didn't do that this, this way. And that's one of the great things out of mock too, is that you can experiment and take some chances and try things. Maybe you wouldn't usually do mm-hmm. in a real draft. So, but we'll get into that later. Any other final thoughts? So th- this is um, these are the first uh, first four rounds, and, and we can take the link. and I, I think this is public where people can see this on Twitter, so we can we yeah. can tweet this out for listeners and put this in the show notes so people can see what this draft looks like. Um, spoiler alert for a future episode, though, because um, we're going to talk about this again and get into these later. Yeah. How about we do this real quick? We can each take about forty five seconds and um, just identify for our own personal teams in this draft what our teams look like so far after four rounds and then kind of give our thoughts. And um, I'll go first since I've already kind of looked at mine. Yeah. You guys, you guys can kind of see where yours stand. So after four picks, um, I uh, took Le'Veon Bell. I took Devontae Adams. I took Cam Newton and I took Marcus Mariota. So um, I went young or youngish across the board. I know Le'Veon Bell isn't considered young. He's, you know, only 26 years old. Um, you know, for me, if a guy can be a solid contributor for three more years, I'm in. I was I was pretty ecstatic to get what I feel like is the best running back in the game and two of the top nine quarterbacks in the game. Um, Devontae Adams, you know, I, I kind of was looking back and was like, I don't know how much I really love that pick. But, um, again, without trading down, uh, I was pretty happy to have a, a, a nice, solid, young wide receiver to go along with, with a, a difference maker running back and, and two quarterbacks that I love. What do you think, uh, Will? What, do, what, what were your thoughts on your start? 
Yeah, so I went, uh, you know, uh, OB, OBJ, then I went AJ Green, and then Gronk and Tom Brady was the was the 4'10". And the, the real, uh, what changed it was AJ Green to, to Gronk. I just went, all right, I'm, I'm going to kind of throw this to the wind. I'm going to go win now. Because again, I feel like I feel like OBJ is a win win any year candidate as long as he doesn't get hurt. Adrian Greens, if he has three years left, I'll take it. Gronk, same thing. Tom Brady's a stretch for three years, but hopefully he, he can put up a Q, the, the QB one season next year, even if four points for best in touchdown. Let's get you know, let's see let's see how that goes. And so that's uh, the, the, it's, it's the first I've never in my recent history drafted a such a win now team. But that just really changed. I saw just the values on the board and what I was doing. And so I'm actually pretty stoked. Like, uh, Adrian Green has the potential to finish WR1. And we can talk about a, the picks later, too. But so does OBJ. And uh, Tom Brady could easily be the QB1. And Gronk is, I mean, he could be top 10 just receiving asset. So it's, it's, it's a risk. Definitely, <laughs> definitely high risk here. And that's kind of where I ended up. Yeah, and my team is is different once again from from you guys. I went running back heavy. Um, you know, I started with Todd Gurley with number one pick overall, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. And and if I would have known that I could have gotten you know Dalvin Cook later, um, and then Derrick Henry on the same team, you know, maybe I I probably would have gone with DeAndre Hopkins right with the one hundred and one. But you, you don't know. So at the time, and I love having Gurley on my team. So my running backs, I'm kind of set with Gurley. Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, and then I also uh, picked up Amari Cooper. Uh, so those are the first four four guys. Obviously, I've got a uh, an issue at QB right now because I, I got to figure out how I'm going to scrap together some quarterbacks. And then you know wide receiver too, wide receiver depth. Um, I you know I spoiled it. I'll, I'll just talk about the the who I took with the five hundred one. Wait, it's a tease. It's a tease. Okay, well I already mentioned it, but um, but anyway, <laughs> I might have a I might have a wide receiver issue as well. So. You know, it, it's uh, that's why you do these mock drafts. I think I'm happy with my team, and I think I would come out of this draft where if I needed to move some pieces, I'd have some pieces I could move. So, uh, yeah, no, I think it was a great start, and um, uh, it, it's a fun exercise and, and really good to to start to see how people value some of these players um, going into the 2018 um, season. Um, and I think what's super fun is the more controversial and exciting picks happen after the fourth round. I was looking down the list and looking at some players. It's just like it, it, those those picks are the ones that win you championships. Absolutely. And, and talking about going back and looking at drafts, um, uh, you, go, going back and looking at um, like, like the League of Ballers, which, which I referenced. Um, you know, I, I had some really great picks that you know guys I drafted late. You know, guys like uh, uh, Marvin Jones stands out in my mind. So. Um, yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, this is where everyone right now has a good core, right? I mean, no, no one has this horrible core for their team, but it's, you know, the next several rounds, that's where your team, it's going to make or break your team. Absolutely. Especially when you look at year over year, you're talking about so much variance in one year and, and yeah, actually, I, yeah, it was just a lot. There's, there's your tease for next episode that I'm so excited. I want to write so many raps about it. Uh, was it was it eighty sting or eighty one sting? Me and Cole Beasley are going to write a rap about next next week's episode. We can't wait, Will. <laughs> <laughs> 
future is what I'll be. Labels all gonna wanna sign me. Cold Nation Records first sign me. Independent labeled owned by me. So I'm taking like I'm Leem. Niece's daughter, but by me. I'm bossed out, but Sunday Jerry's boss now. When I ball out, I'm a dog when dad get the ball out. Put a sauce out, put a sauce on him, that's too much. Good wife, that's too clutch. Without a backbone, you can't do much. Making moves like food trucks, getting to the bread till it's chewed up. And my bank accounts look juiced up. Who knew, huh? White dude rapping too tough while I sued up. White and glued up, silver shoes stuck, get loose touch. Down, got all of the crowd. Re- all right. Uh, let, why don't we transition now, guys? Uh, let's get into the next segment. And these are going to be our, um, our, you know, it's our challenge for the postseason. We're going to pick the games. We're going to pick all these games uh, against the spread. So we're not picking the outright winners. We're uh, going to pick against the spread. So if we recap um, last week, I don't really want to recap because um, I, I'm last. Um, I, I'm one. And it feels good, doesn't it? Oh, it feels great. Let me tell you. Uh, but I'm not too far behind them, you know, what, like a game out. You guys are both two and two, <laughs> correct? Yeah, I took the risky business pick with Tennessee, which which got me something, but then took, uh, ended up with the with the New Orleans not, not, not beating the spread. Yeah, yeah, the New Orleans game. It was and like, they should oh, have, too. They should have. Posers. Yeah. But you, you, I have to give you credit, Will, because you took Tennessee and, and, and Buffalo – and, uh, you know, against the spread, those were, well, Tennessee won outright. And then Buffalo, they, they covered the spread. I don't remember what it was. It was a seven points or something like that. So, um, so, so well done. Well done. And uh, we're, we're going to pick again. So uh, you guys are the leader. So you, you decide who's going who's gonna to go first. For, I guess I'll announce the first game. Um, we're starting off the um, um, divisional picks, divisional weekend playoffs with Atlanta, the Falcons going into Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles minus Carson Wentz. So, 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 so Trey did not put in his picks. Trey so did not he should go picks. first. He'll go first, and it's um, it's a uh, th- three Atlanta three point favorites on the road. Crazy, huh? Of course, when you don't really have a quarterback um, uh, in the playoffs, that that tends to hurt you. I love a polar vortex to roll into that stadium. This, this time of year, give him a snow game. See what happens. Uh, check the weather forecast while Trey's giving his pick. Trey, Trey is <laughs> this is a classic Trey move if, to go if, on mute to keep you in suspense. Classic Barrett move. If I were a gambling man, my money would be on the under in this game. I think that the defenses are going to keep the scoring low. Um, I don't like a three-point line because I think that it, you know, you have the possibility of pushing. So I wish I would have noticed that and we could have made it either two and a half or three and a half, but I think either way, my pick would remain the same and that's Atlanta. I, uh, I think that they have enough on both sides of the ball to get the job done. I tend, I think that Philadelphia is just not the same team without the uh, previously mentioned overrated Carson Wentz, but I'll go Atlanta here. All right, our our co-leader Will Greenwood. What, who do you got? Yeah, it's boring. I got I got Atlanta. Yeah, we don't need to belabor this. Atlanta, and and on Saturday, forty uh, percent chance of rain. It looks like it's going to be mild, forty-seven degrees. So it's not going to be some some bad weather game, which probably bodes well for the Falcons. I wish I had a fun take like Julio Jones catches thirteen touchdowns, but this game's going to suck. <laughs> I like the optimism. Another game that might suck is going to be the positive one. Uh, the Titans going into uh, 
into Foxborough to, to take on the mighty New England Patriots. But you've got the wild card. The, the, you get, the Patriots are 13 and a half point favorites, but there's, uh, there's turmoil going on there, right? Um, Robert Kraft wanted uh, Jimmy G traded and forced a trade, and uh, Bill Belichick is is leaving town. So, so <laughs> any of that drama is it going to impact the the Patriots, or are they just going to roll in this game? What do you think, Trey? You know, I have a really tough time with this game because this is completely the kind of game where uh, New England could just put the pedal to the metal and, and win by twenty. But I think that what Tennessee is going to do is a heavy, heavy dose of uh, King Derek Henry, um, King Henry, the 22nd. So I actually am going to maybe shock the group here and I'm going to go with Tennessee not to win the game. Don't go crazy. People We're picking against the, against the spread. So I, uh, I do think new England will win, but I think that, that Tennessee will score some late points I, I either think this is a game New England wins by 30 or they win by like seven. That's fair. Um, Will? Yeah, I'm taking New England. I think they're just going to roll them. Tennessee sucks. Yeah. They shouldn't even be here right now. <laughs> I like this very concise, you know, case. it says you're not messing around tonight. No, as a, as a guy who lived in uh, um, the New England area for five years and I saw, you know, several, uh, home playoff games for the Patriots. You know, the only time they really struggled was when Baltimore had those good teams and came to town. So, you know, this isn't the Baltimore Ravens of a few years ago. This is the <laughs> 2017. So I, I agree with Will. I think the Pats win by like three touchdowns. So I'm going New England. I just see, I see New England like having a great time, like dancing around the sideline, twisting the knife into the, the Titans. There would be some emergent fourth running back that scores like three touchdowns. And I also have to say too, it's, I know why that, that this is the primetime game of the weekend on Saturday night. Um, Cause it's new England, you know, but man, what a, what a crummy game to, to, you know, have like primetime Saturday. It should be like the best, like new Orleans, Minnesota should, in my opinion, should be like the, the Saturday night game, but that's neither here nor there, I guess it's just irritating. Uh, I do hope it's a good game. Um, no matter what. So let's move on guys. Let's get into Sunday action. And we've got Jacksonville going into Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers are seven and a half point favorites. I think this will be a pretty good game. Sunday is definitely the game. The, these are the games to watch, in my opinion. So, Trey, who do you, who do you like? You like Jacksonville or Pittsburgh? I'm actually going to go against both you guys again here. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I know that Jacksonville really did a number to Pittsburgh. Um, I think it was earlier this season. But uh, I like Pittsburgh at home. I don't even know uh, what kind of shape AB is going to be in. But I like Pittsburgh to – take it to the Jaguars. Cause I think that this is the kind of game that if Jacksonville gets behind again, it's either going to be a really close game or I think Pittsburgh blows them out because I don't think Jacksonville has a shot if they get behind in this game. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, well, well you go ahead and I'll talk about why I picked Jacksonville. I'm just going Jacksonville gets the spread. I think this would be way more of a grinded out game than what you, what you're expecting. It's going to be boring. This is going to be the equivalent of, Tennessee versus Jacksonville, just with more disappointing uh, results because of Pittsburgh is such a better offensive team. Or Jacksonville Buffalo, sorry. Yeah, and that's the way I feel too. I, I just this Jacksonville defense is really outstanding, and and uh, and yeah, but and I but I see Pittsburgh grinding it out and, and pulling it out. So, um, and then uh, finally, I see like a seventeen like ten game, and everybody loses. 
guess we're all disappointed because it was no fun. <laughs> Let's hope there's some fun. Um, but I think we're going to have some fun maybe in the, um, the, the last game of the weekend. We've got New Orleans going into Minnesota. Minnesota three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I, I can't wait to see who Trey has because I'm looking at the show sheet, and, and Will and I have uh, picked two different uh, – two different winners of this game. So, or at least against the spread. So, so Trey, who do, who do you have? Um, uh, the saints Vikings. I am going to stick with my pick to represent the NFC, uh, in the super bowl, Minnesota. I think four points is uh, fairly reasonable for them to cover. I do think this is going to be an incredible game, but Minnesota is a team of destiny this year and they are not getting the respect they deserved. New Orleans, um, kind of struggled with Carolina's defense at home and Minnesota's defense, uh, no disrespect to Jacksonville, Minnesota's defense is the best in the NFL. And I think that they're going to have uh, I think that they can shut down the, or contain the offense of new Orleans enough to uh, win this game by a touchdown. All right. Will. Oh, boom, boom. Minnesota's going to take it home. Easy peasy. Case Kim is going to throw like 37 touchdowns and be the, be the NFC uh, offensive player of the year for the playoffs. I'll water bet that. I will never. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm, I, so I'm not a huge, I'm not an at heart Minnesota fan because I grew up in Iowa and you guys know the whole story, but uh, I am probably the biggest bandwagon Minnesota fan in Minnesota and they're just going to crush it. And I bet they, but I bet it's like a 24, 17 game. We my guess. Why not go when I go 23-18? Just make it weird. So I I'm picking New Orleans here, maybe more to cover the spread. Um and, and that that Viking Vikings defense is outstanding, but I think that New Orleans has a couple things going for them that that Minnesota they they don't. I, I think they've they've got the experience because they got Drew Brees. They've got the better quarterback, and I think the Drew Brees makes enough of a difference to keep this game close. Um, I, I think Minnesota probably pulls it out with the, behind their defense, but three and a half. I'm I'm thinking it's going to be Minnesota by 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 three or less. So, and I need to be a little bit contrarian to get back in this. So, go <laughs> Saints. Saints. And, and I wouldn't Whoa. be shocked if the Saints pulled it out. I, I know I know defense wins championships, but. You know, I, I just have to think Drew Brees has something left in the tank and, and that maybe um, the, the, they can get the running game going, even though they, they couldn't against Carolina. And, and the, you know, maybe they break a few runs. And I don't know. I, I hope it's – I think it's going to be a good close game, fun to watch. So I'll go with New Orleans just to be, uh, you know, to, to, to be a contrarian here. I think what that I- just to save Will from having to look like the homer, you know, I think the thing that separates Minnesota's defense is they in- – can generate an incredible amount of pressure on the quarterback with just their front four. They don't have to, they have Harrison Smith, who is an incredible, incredible. And, you know, I think somewhat underrated safety. So, I I mean, I think that, you know, the big thing was Carolina basically said, we're not going to let the running backs of new Orleans beat us. So we're going to commit to stopping the run and Drew Brees just picked them apart. The problem is, that Minnesota is going to have the ability to get pressure on the quarterback and contain the run with their front four. Their linebackers are going to be able to, to clean up in the running game and they've got guys that can lock down. I mean, you know, you're going to see Xavier Rhodes, um, you know, go toe to toe with Michael Thomas in this game. And, and I just, I mean, I love the matchup for Minnesota, 
Um, and the more and more I think about it, the more and more that I think they could cause really, really big problems for Drew Brees. As great as a quarterback as he is, I, I could see him being under duress all day long. And that crowd, I mean, the, the Minnesota fans, it, I mean, that place is going to be oh, it's gonna be so wild. bonkers. So yeah, I, you nailed it, Ryan. This is the game of the week for me. I mean, I, I just think whoever wins this game is going to the Super Bowl without question. Um, and, and, and I think probably for me would be my pick to win the Super Bowl. Nice. And let's leave it at that. I think we can top that take. Um, <laughs> I'm just so pumped up though. <laughs> the Vikings are going to win a Super Bowl at home. Hopefully. I got a feeling. Oh, I would love if Adam Thielen catches, feeling. If, if Adam maybe, Thielen maybe. catches the game winning pass, I'm going to wear just an Adam Thielen jersey for a week. I can't wait for Case Keenum to win the NFL Super Bowl MVP over Tom Brady. That's, I mean, that is going to be the greatest moment in sports. Tom Brady can't even win Patriot of the Week anymore. So, oh, man, you guys, that, that, that's that's harsh. We'll play, we'll play this back when New England, you know, trounces him in the in the Super Bowl. If Tom Brady references <laughs> in his speech. He goes, "Hey, I wasn't going to go as hard as I thought, but the fantasy Joe said some things." <laughs> I think the turmoil. I think the turmoil in New England is more than people are letting on, and I think that's the that's the biggest reason that I think they're going to have some struggles in the playoffs because I, that's always a very hyper focused organization, and there's some chinks in the armor. As much as they've come out and denied it and tried to pretend like everything's hunky dory, I don't think it is, and I think that it is what is going to end up in. And I could be wrong. But I think that the distractions right now are great in New England, and I think it's excellent. I heard uh, SI's Peter King the other day. He talked. He talked to Robert Kraft, and I've never known Robert Kraft to to, to lie to me. And he says things are okay, so I think things are okay in New England. So you know, Mr. Peter King, who uh, you know has that reputation of being like the the guy that if you want some some stuff fed to the media, you tell you tell Peter King. Uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I'm ripping Peter King. Um, uh, and a lot of people are a big fan darn of you, Peter King. <laughs> I got you back, Ryan. Fantasy Thanks. Joe's making friends here, left right. and right, except with Peter King. <laughs> All right, let's let's get out of here, guys. Uh, let's think. <laughs> thank you again for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Joe's. Contact us directly. We are the Fantasy Joe's at Gmail or at F Joe's on Twitter. Your feedback's always welcome. We want you to let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. We come at you weekly, typically on Fridays, the new episodes. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at Joe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Is Will really at Fantasy Joe underscore Will, or is that just his Twitter handle? I don't think he's ever really there. No, I don't think he's there. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead and DM me. DM me, bro. <laughs> See what's up. You'll get a reply back in three weeks. I have like nine followers, <laughs> and one of them is a coworker who's from Australia, and she has no interest in fantasy football. I don't know how she found my Twitter handle. There you go.